0: Did you, ever think that, did you ever think that we would have 200 kids in VBS? Not a bad thing, huh? Thank you to all of the volunteers and people who poured out their lives. Some people even took a break from their work and uh, took a mini vacation so that they could come down and serve here and serve the kids. And uh, I'm sure it didn't feel like a vacation for those people. <laughs> I learned a couple of years ago that with the kids, I didn't know this until then, but you probably should not met, try to match the energy of the kids that you're you're leading in VBS. So that's just a tip I'd give you. Listen to the scripture that we have from today's uh, gospel, which is the gospel of Mark chapter two, verses twenty-three through twenty-eight. This is the word of the Lord. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as they were making their way, his disciples began to pluck the heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, Look, why do they do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need of food? He entered the house of God when Abiathar was high priest, and he ate the bread of the presence, which is not lawful for even the priests to eat, and he gave it to his companions to eat. Then Jesus said to them, The Sabbath was made for humankind and not humankind for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. This is the word of the Lord. When I lived in Germany a number of years ago, I would drive between the country of Germany and Denmark quite often, and sometimes when I do that on a Sunday evening, I would notice that the trucks would be parked in Denmark, waiting to get into Germany. And at the stroke of midnight, when the day changed from Sunday to Monday, all of the trucks would start their engines, and miles and miles of trucks would travel from every country into Germany to deliver the goods and services that were needed for the week ahead. And I'd often wonder as I saw those trucks parked at the edge of Germany waiting for the week, their busy work week to begin, I wondered what they thought about the Sabbath. I wonder what the Sabbath meant to them as they were waiting. Did they feel inconvenienced by the Sabbath? Did they feel a burden that the Sabbath had put on them in their life? Or did they enjoy that moment of pause that they had in their busy week, waiting in their trucks for the Sabbath? Monday to begin. Now Genesis, the very first book in the Bible, the, the first verse of the second chapter, we are introduced to the concept of Sabbath. For the Bible teaches us that God made the heavens and the earth in six days. He created the sun, moon, and stars, and the earth, and the land, and the sea, and the birds, and the reptiles, and all of the animals. He created humankind and then on the seventh day, God rested. Now, the way to think about this rest is to think of it as God dwelling in the house that He has created or built. You build the house on the six days, on the, on the seventh day, you move in and you experience it and you enjoy it. Now, many millions and millions and millions of years after the creation of the earth, God had liberated the Israelites from Egypt, from the oppressive rule of Pharaoh. And after they had been liberated from Egypt, God created order out of the chaos of a society without any rules, without any regulations, and without laws. And God created this order with the Ten Commandments. And it was to be an order not just for the people of Israel, but an order for all people everywhere to obey and to follow. And God gave these Ten Commandments to the people of Israel so that they could live life to its fullest, so that they could live a peaceful life, a joyful life. And we've been studying these Ten Commandments over the past many Sundays through this summer, and we will until the fall begins. And and the commandment that we're studying today is the commandment to obey the Sabbath. God said that we should obey the Sabbath, we should observe the Sabbath, the rest, that we should experience the rest, and participate in the rest that God had created for the order of this universe. God created for the Israelite people months and weeks and years and created a rhythm to their life that they should observe. And He even said that on this Sabbath, the animals should not work. The animals should get a vacation. That's how deeply the Sabbath was to be ingrained into the hearts and minds of the people of Israel. The people who would call Yahweh their God. Now I was walking on a sidewalk in Brooklyn in my early 20s, exploring the adventure that this life has to offer, and it was a Saturday, and as I was walking down the sidewalk in this beautiful neighborhood in Brooklyn, up from a dark stairwell, they have stairs that go right from the sidewalk down into the basements in Brooklyn, and up out of the basement there came this Jewish man who was dressed for the Sabbath. And he said, I have a problem. I'm observing the Sabbath and the power has gone out. In his particular tradition, through the oral Mishnah, the oral Torah, he was taught that he was not allowed to operate light switches on the Sabbath. And so he explained that he would appreciate if I would come down into the basement and turn on the light for him. And I was in my 20s, so I couldn't think of anything wrong with following a stranger down into a basement in Brooklyn. And I figured we're brothers in the same faith, so maybe we'll follow you down there. So I I followed him down, and and at the time I wasn't an evangelist, so my goal was to get out of there as fast as possible. And so he said, "There's, there's the circuit breaker, and I could just make it out in the dark, and I walked up to the circuit breaker, and it was easy enough, he said, just flick the switch, and I flicked the switch, and all the lights came on, and I had no idea other people were in there, but all of these people just shouted with glee, all of these Jewish people who were celebrating the Sabbath in this basement together. They were full of such joy at having the light turned on. And I wish that I'd stayed because they were so full of joy. It's like they really understood what the Sabbath was all about. I wish I had taken a break in my busy day from just trying to get out of there and get to the next thing in my life and just stayed and celebrated the Sabbath with them. Instead, I left. I walked out of that staircase with a story that no one really ever has believed since. (laughs) You see, Jesus was walking through the grain fields with His disciples one day. And it wasn't an ordinary day, it was a Sabbath. When everybody took a break, there was to be no work done on the Sabbath, and so when His disciples did something However small it may seem to us today, but they grabbed the grain off of the plants because they were hungry, which was absolutely permissible according to the Torah. See, the Bible taught that if anyone was hungry and they were walking through a grain field on any day, it was okay to grab the food and eat it. But that law was coming in conflict now with the law that said that there should be no work done on the Sabbath. And the tradition that had evolved among the Jewish people at that time was that no work should be done. So picking the grain was the problem. And in the Gospel of Luke, it says that they were actually threshing the grain. They were rubbing the grain in their hands so that they could eat it and fill their bellies. You see, Jesus uses this opportunity to, to illuminate the minds of the Pharisees who have such an objection to Jesus' approving of the, Sabbath, of, the, of the disciples eating the grain from the grain fields. Jesus says to the Pharisees, you know what, you need to know this. That Jesus has authority over all things. That Jesus has authority over all laws and all rules and all regulations. And The second thing is that the purpose of the Sabbath was not to create a burden that was so heavy that nobody could bear it, It was not to create a stressful environment that people really didn't want to be in. It was to create a joyful experience of rest and peace and a closeness to God that would allow people a perspective on the world around them that they otherwise would not have. Now, as you know, I live down the street here, and in front of my house, some of you may have seen some beautiful rose bushes that had been planted there many years ago. And I always walk in and out of the front door of my house, passing those rose bushes, kind of give them a thumbs up. Good job, God. And then my little daughters said, Daddy, look at the roses. And I stopped and and I picked a rose and I smelled it. And I gave it to them so that they could smell it. And I showed them how beautiful it was. And we just appreciated how beautiful that rose was. And I told them, this is how much God loves you. He's saying, I love you through this rose. Through the smell of this rose. See, how could anyone think that God is anyone other than someone who loves us more than we can possibly imagine? When you look at a rose, the way it's designed to draw us closer to God's love, to the experience of how much God loves us. Now, thank you, Marilyn, for the welcome back from Africa. It's true that four days ago, I was standing at the top of a staircase at an airport uh, that led up to a plane. And I was very busy getting out of Africa to see my kids and my wife again, and to see all of you, of course. Uh, And as I was on my busy way to leave Africa, to get to my seat in my plane, I stopped at the top of the staircase. And I looked around, and I enjoyed where I was, and I took a deep breath, praying that God would just let that air flow into my lungs so that I would never forget how good God is and what a beautiful place He had created. Now, people have asked me, what is the most amazing experience that you had on that journey to Africa? And I will tell them, it's not the... It's not the visit to the crisis nursery where I got to hold a small baby and fall madly in love with that little baby. That was a beautiful experience, but it's not that. And it's not the opportunity to go to the medical mission where we stood and we had the opportunity to minister to people as they were receiving medical care from physicians that had traveled with us and physicians from that country. That wasn't the best experience. And it wasn't the experience of visiting the wells that were being built by a, medical mission, or by a mission project there. It's actually called the Medical Mission, but they build wells now. They're building 5,000... Three, three, how many is it, Janet? 3,000 wells this next year. And it wasn't the experience of, of visiting the orphan care centers and throwing a VBS for them and communicating and preaching to them and loving them and dancing with them and playing with them. All of those things were great, but the best part of the trip was the trip points when I stepped away from the group and I would walk down the dirt road just a little distance away and I would spend a little time alone and I would get that red African dirt on my feet and I would look around at the hillsides scattered with little mud huts and straw roofs and I would recognize God's dwelling in that place. God's inhabiting the hearts and minds of those people and the creativity of those people and God speaking I love you a thousand times over through the landscape and the sunshine and the and the beautiful flowers and the trees. See, it was those moments of Sabbath that actually colored the entire trip and made it possible for me to truly take in what was coming at me in terms of the experiences. See, the same thing is true with life. If we continually go from one day to the next without taking Sabbath, without taking a time to say how beautiful God is, which is what we do here today, praising God for all that God has done in the past week and all that God will do in the weeks to come. If we do not do that, then we will just be caught in an endless cycle of busyness. And we will not have the opportunity to have true perspective on what God is doing in our life. And the way in which God is, is, is doing amazing miracles and, and speaking into our hearts. See, Jesus was inviting the Pharisees to join into a kind of Sabbath that they had not experienced before. It was a kind of Sabbath where you might end up having a big blow-up slide in front of your church someday. I'm sure the Pharisees would have been shocked at that, don't you think? We're having donuts after worship, or even better, we have root beer floats today. See, there's nothing contrary to joy and the Sabbath. See, Sabbath is designed to be an entire celebration, an explosion of joy at Jesus Christ having turned on the lights, doing the one thing that we could never do for ourselves, coming down into the basement of our souls and our lives and flicking that light switch See, this is our moment to shout with joy and say, thank you, Jesus. You can say that if you want. Let me hear you. you, I just had to go there. Sorry about that. I must be Baptist in my background. See, God has created a holy rhythm for us. Anytime you have a day off on a weekend, you can thank God because God came up with that idea. See, God designed this whole entire universe so that our earth would end up circling the sun in yearly patterns and designed our earth so that we would experience months which would be divided into weeks so that we'd enjoy Sabbath, a seven-day pattern where we would take six six days of of work and creation and participating in the work that God is doing around us and on the seventh day we would rest with God. Now I love the way the Bible talks about enjoying the presence of Jesus. You remember that story where Jesus goes to the house of Martha and Mary? And Martha is very obsessed with creating a perfect environment which will please Jesus, which will make Jesus as happy as she can possibly make Jesus. So she scuttles around and tries to make the, the, the place. I, I don't know what she's doing, but she's. we've all been there before, right? And then Mary instead goes and sits at Jesus' feet and it appears that she is doing nothing. So Martha is critical of Mary and says to Jesus that she's not approving of this behavior, but Jesus stands up for what Mary is doing. And He tells Martha that Mary is doing the better thing. See, Jesus would have us experience His presence by sitting at His feet. By resting with Him. By soaking in His love. Jesus does not desire to create a stressful environment. Jesus desires to create in us a peace and a love and a joy that is overflowing in our lives. Jesus says, come dwell with Me. Come Sabbath with Me. You see, it does matter what we think about who God is. Without Jesus Christ, we might be set on an endless cycle of thinking that God is a disciplinarian having created rules, having created weeks, so that we could be a cog in the wheel and not truly enjoying life. But Jesus came in the flesh. God incarnate to come in the flesh and to touch us and to show us how much He loves us. To speak those words of love in a way that we could not deny. To communicate that He would go to any length possible to turn on the lights in this world and to illuminate the darkness and to bring love and joy and peace into the hearts of so many people who are aching for that every single day. What a joyful God we have. I like Marilyn's challenge. I'd like to see how many of you we could get going down the slide later today. But if you don't end up going down the slide, we'll probably have to call the paramedics in advance for some. But if you don't end up going down the slide, find some way to enjoy God's presence. To stop, maybe even in this worship service, for a few seconds. And to take in all that God has done in our lives to look around at the faces of the people that God has put in your life, and to thank God for the joy of this life that He wants us to live so fully. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank You for this Sabbath. We pray that we would never approach You with some misunderstanding of You being harsh or wanting anything other than joy and love and peace in our lives. Help us to enjoy this life to its fullest and thank you for the Ten Commandments. But that, Lord, we would not follow the Ten Commandments, but that we would follow you and that we would live out the vision that you have for our lives and the vision of this church to love you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength by sitting at your feet, that you would fulfill through us all of the commandments as we learn to love our neighbors as ourselves. We pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen.